Diddle and British Strongman Podcast. Today we have Luke Davis on as a guest to have a recap about Britain's Strongest Man Under 80 2021. So, Luke, how do you feel about how the weekend went? Um, I thought they went brilliantly, mate. Um, no complaints from my end, to be honest. Um, all went off fairly well without any hitches, I think. Um, yeah, I'm well happy. I'm still buzzing from it, to be honest, mate. Like, yeah. I, I have been on the last few days of talking his head off constantly about it. But yeah, loved it. Yeah, but so, so if you, largely, like the big picture, we had this vision of what we wanted to do. We were frustrated and um, saying there isn't opportunities for, for people. Let, we have this idea. Let's go and do it. So, yeah, we, we we went and did it, didn't we? So, would you be able to give us a bit a uh, rundown of the of the day and like how how many like numbers, how many people, what the format was, and yeah, um, so for anyone who didn't follow it, um, the format was four events at Chaos, and then we after those first four events, we cut it down to ten. And those 10 went up to Josh's um, gym in Lancaster um, and then did the final four events. Um, we had 28 competing in total, which I'm assuming is the most that's ever been in the 80s comp in the UK, probably. Isn't it? It's got to be. Like, it's got to be. I feel like that's like a fair thing to say. Um, we had a few dropouts of the week of the comp, but that, that always happens for every comp, so we... We were expecting that. Um, yeah, um, it was a good mix of top, top guys uh, and relative beginners. I think a few people actually did it as their first comp, which I thought was awesome. Just jumping in at the deep end. Um, yeah, obviously, after the first four events, when we dropped it up to 10, um, we rescored the first four events like they do at the official Strongman Games, where you take out all the guys that don't qualify and then you rescore the first four events as if only the 10th finalist did it. Um, the reason we did it that way was we wanted to make all eight events worth the same. Um, I'm not a fan of those finals, whether they reset them or whether they make them a different value. I feel like it devalues certain events. It makes certain events worth more points. I think that's fucking stupid. So, yeah, that's why we do it that way. Yeah, great. So, so big thanks to Ben Joyce who um, really helped with the. Well, he did, he did all the scoring for us, so he just took took the thinking out of it for us completely, didn't he? And it was great yeah. coming up to was, after each event and um, like reset, like just sorted everything. It just made it so stress free, yeah. didn't it? You also helped with the announcing when my voice was going, so <laughs> that, that, that was helpful as well. Yeah, it was great. Um, so, what what were your what were your highlights of the day then? What we let, let's talk, talk about highlights from uh, chaos then the the first. Hey, the first chaos. Uh, obviously, um, got to start with the twins deadlift. Um, Joe especially, um, I was really happy that Joe on the deadlift just because I don't want to say that Tim has overshadowed him a little bit but Tim has had the better placings a few comps at the BSF Brits and um, 
the um, Weir Worlds. And um, I actually messaged um, the twins like a day before the comp and told Joe he had to pull his finger out. <laughs> um, so <laughs> obviously, I wanted Tim to get it as well, don't get me wrong. Um, but as well, happy for Joe. Um, it was brilliant. Um, it was other, a few other boys surprised me on the deadlift as well, to be honest. Like Matthew Bolton, yeah, who I think it's fair to say none of us had ever heard of before. Pulled three ten as an opener, like pretty comfortably, which was wild. Um, I think we had five guys over three hundred kilos, which is fucking crazy for an underage comp, in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a bit. Let me just add to that. Like the yeah, the deadlift was uh, was amazing because like m- most people thought that <clears throat> the the twins were going to go there and like have no challenges in terms of yeah, in terms yeah. of the deadlift. Whereas actually having uh, like Matthew Bolton there, he opened with three ten, and I w- kind of put the pressure on a little bit, didn't it? Oh, definitely. When they they opened at two ninety, um, and there were there was someone else opened at two ninety. Yeah, there, there was a um, yeah, Colin opened at two ninety as well, didn't he? Yeah. So the, yeah. So there were, there were, there were, it wasn't just a foregone conclusion. And, uh, and it would have been nice to see Matthew go for three twenty for a second attempt because I think it yeah was, I think so I think, I think it would have got three twenty, um, yeah. but three twenty six was just a bridge too far. But there was like a moment there where we thought, oh shit, this guy that people haven't really heard as much of is gonna is gonna pull a world record. We haven't accounted for that. And then there was um, there were. Another thing that was entertaining, there was like Flash and Dean who were battling it out. Like they were, there, there was. Um, they were playing tactically the points, weren't they? And yeah, it was, they, it yeah, was, they were. It was, it was great because we, we we purposely hadn't stated like that we were doing powerlifting rules, and uh, and and Dean was getting a bit pissed off at one point like, with the adrenaline and the, um, because he assumed that we were doing it like powerlifting where. We weren't can't change the attempt. Yeah, it? exactly. Whereas, um, so, so that was a great tactical battle seeing seeing those two. Um, and again, Flash, Flash pulled an awesome three hundred, and um, Dean pulled a, a brilliant three hundred two point five for a Scottish record. And also the the biggest, even though it wasn't, even though it's irrelevant and kind of it wasn't an event. It is worth, maybe worth mentioning that I, I find it impressive that he pulled 302.5 without a suit. Yeah, um, yeah, obviously that um, it doesn't give him any extra points, but it, it no, was pretty it, bad. It doesn't in terms of the event, but but in terms of an impressive feat of strength for yeah, yeah, weighed in at cool. eight kilos is um and as and as well for Dean as well, um like probably one of his weaker lifts until recently. Um, yeah. The deadlift, he was. Um, I think he ended up coming fourth for that, was it? Yeah, I thought it was fucking awesome. And, Big points for him. And, and again, like credit to Flash and Dean pushing each other. I think they both went for 315, didn't they? Yeah. Um, whereas I think I'm confident that they both pulled 310. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, so they were trying to do, they were trying to one up each other. I <laughs> think. Yeah, and then there was Lewis Blackwood as well, who he's pulled three hundred before in the gym, and he yeah. he did um, he went for three hundred two point five, and he didn't he didn't get it, but he pulled like an awesome two ninety, I think, didn't he? But, um, um, 
I, I think I, this, I don't. I don't mean this as a criticism of Lewis, um, but it might come across that way. I think some guys who are a little bit less experienced with competi- competition, they think they need the PB. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If I was Lewis in that situation, I would probably go maybe two ninety five to beat Colin and try and. Or maybe towards ninety seven, or maybe three hundred again. Just yeah. But I think he wanted that PB attempt. Whereas in a comp, like a national level comp, it's all about maximizing your points. Like yeah, the, like um, the twins. Draw uh, going into it probably thought. Like, I think they can both pull like three fifty plus this year. To be honest, at some point on it or early next year. Yeah, but they were happy get the event win first. And then worry about the record. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I, even though obviously Lewis wasn't going for the event win, and it was a couple of other boys like that, they went for stuff on the third attempt, which I feel like was just yeah. Which I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I don't want to. I don't want to judge Lewis on that because maybe he was going. Maybe like he believed he could do three hundred, and he saw yeah, somebody yeah. else on yeah, three hundred, yeah. and he wanted to chip and yeah. getting the points yeah, on that, definitely. and he backed himself. So I don't want to criticize him for that. It's not as if he was miles away either. Yeah. Was it? it was a pretty good attempt, to be fair. So, yeah, yeah you, 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 you're probably right on that one, actually. Um, there, there was a few boys in the earlier flight, especially, mm. I thought, they went for stuff on their third, which they had no fucking chance at, really. <laughs> but, again, if they thought they did, couldn't qualify for the top ten, maybe they just wanted to have a bash, so I can't really fault that either, to, when you actually think about it that way. So yeah. I thought uh, another guy who, who played that really well, played the tactics perfectly on the day, was uh, Matt Worley. He finished uh, ninth. I think he yes. finished ninth overall. But like yeah. a great example on the deadlift was he's, he's what's his PB two? Is his PB two eight two or two seven? Oh no, his PB was two, he's two seven five. And like we, we agreed that there's going to be quite a few people going for that two seventy range or even like. Yeah. 272 to hit that 600 pounds and he was he what did he go for his for his lifts he went two th- he did like the easiest opener out of everybody 235 he did, yeah, he did 235 and 255 and then yeah. he was going to put 270 in and i said go 275 i'm like i know, I know you can do it <clears throat> and he did and it was and it was perfect it was right on right on the money he actually um, ended up beating quite a few boys in the second flight. Yeah. Who, who opened a lot higher than they didn't get all their attempts in. Because uh, he played it smart. He actually picked up pretty good points on that. Yeah. So so that, that, that whole event was just absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? The watch absolutely loved it. And la- and like plenty plenty of the guys who we don't know quite as much about. Um who were hitting some fucking awesome numbers, like so many guys hitting over that 240 range, over like yeah. triple body weight in a comp, on like we had calibrated setup, like just awesome. 14, 14 boys opened above three times body weight. That's amazing. Which is fucking crazy. Um, so yeah, that was brilliant. Obviously, twins set the. Both both set the world record of three twenty six, and then Joe hit three thirty five. Still more to come from them, I think. Um, with that, people have to remember as well that this was the twins' first time competing under eighty. Yeah. 
so it it it, it is an adjustment period, but they seem to handle it obviously <laughs> brilliantly. Yeah, um, and and like cre- cre- credit to them as well. And I know why I'm biased because I'm their coach and I train with them and my mates <laughs> and stuff. But like the the competing this week this Sunday coming in BNSF yeah. North qualifier same day weighing under eighty. Yeah, like. The, oh, they, they, both, they both weighed in like a kilo under. Anyway, I think they were like 79.1, I think, something like that. So, yeah, but but like, but I but cre- credit to them in terms of the fact that, like, say, um, that's the way that they wanted to do it. They didn't want to, they don't want to do a walk, they didn't want the stress of a water cut or whatever. They've yeah. been, they've been, uh, they've been cutting from 92 since January. Um, yeah, um. What Tim sent me? Tim sent me a picture of his weighing scales when he got home from the comp, and he was like seventy-eight point eight after the after the eight events or whatever. Which is again, it's a bit like Dean with the the kind of pulling raw kind of thing on the deadlift. It's getting him no more points or no extra credit, but I do I do find it like really really impressive. You know? Yeah, definitely. You, you know, like sometimes when you say like the, say like the the relative to body weight kind of goals that they've hit in the comp, but they're actually a little bit over what they weighed in at. Yeah, I just find the fact that he loaded that one six five stone at the end at like seventy eight body weight at the end of a run is just fucking bonkers, isn't it? It is. Oh, like um, so. Uh, what what about the? So we talked about the. The deadlift, deadlift. Event, which was magic, wasn't it? So, uh, second event was the York and Sandbag medley. Yeah, uh, flash absolutely smashed that as I expected, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think he was three seconds clear, second maybe, um, or two seconds. It was quite, um, then Dean also did very well. Twins had both had good times. Um, Matthew Bolton surprised me on this event, I will say, because without turning like a dick, I thought he was going to be a deadly specialist. Yeah. And he fucking smashed the Sandbag in York event. Um, I was really impressed. Um, you, I remember said at the comp, you expected all the people who picked pick the heavyweights to finish it, didn't you? Yeah. Like, I didn't realise how, like, I suppose statistically difficult it was felt like yeah. in terms of um I, personally I just think people train it wrong personally. Yeah, no, I agree. But, um, <laughs> but but yeah, like I, I think for anybody listening who's promoting a comp, like I think what a fucking awesome event. Um yeah, you'll, I you'll really sandbag if you can do like a head to head at that that resets itself, etc. Like it, it's great because it's one of those events where nobody can turn around and say, "Oh, it's easy for him because he's short, or he's more suited to that, or whatever." Because obviously, the the lower the pickup on the yoke, the shorter you are, the the shorter you load. It's like it, it's a real leveler, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, it, I, think was, I think it was really good. Like, but but you have to be obviously good at moving with the yoke, good at moving with the front carry, but also technically good at loading. To, to hike. I went. I think there was six or seven who didn't finish there, and every single one of them failed on the extension. 
Yeah. Of the sandbag, which exactly is exactly what I predicted would happen. Yeah. Mostly because I saw it exactly the same thing happen at Wolves um, in 2018. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh... That's where I stole the event from, all history. <laughs> Yeah, was it, I was really impressed with uh, Shannon on this one, actually. He did it as a guest. She yeah. she would have kicked yeah. up, um, if we'd scored her properly, she would have been like middle of the pile on the points on that, wouldn't she? Yeah, I think she would have got 11 or 12 points. Yeah, which did, did really well. What was, it? Two, two, what was the lighter option? 220 or 200, was it? No, it was 240. 240 yoke? Yeah. Fucking hell fire. I didn't realise that. Yeah, it's 240 yards wasn't it? 240 yards into 80 sandbag, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, like, yeah, so um, if anybody gets a chance to watch that video on her Instagram or whatever, go, go and watch the video of her doing 240 yoke into the 80 sandbag. Like, it was an incredible run. I think um, she was one of the light, I think she was one of the faster times with the lighter bag, with the lighter option. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what the times were, but yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, so the um, frame carry was next, wasn't it? Was it? No, it was the overhead next. Oh yeah. Overhead uh, was the the McVie show, really, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. Um, smashed out seven reps, two reps clear of flash, and then we had a bit of a backlog then on four reps on the heavy option with the twins, um, Andy Smiles, and I think it was another one. Okay. Or four as well. I can't. I can't quite remember. Um, my favorite performance on that, which sounds stupid, even even though he did, he wasn't near the top, was um, Colin Kelly. Yeah, it was great. Um, he basically failed it for sixty seconds, didn't he? And then he got it with like, he got one rep with three seconds to spare. Yeah, well, like well, well cr- credit to him. Obviously, you didn't hear what I was saying to him before it because I coach him. And, uh, yeah. and it was right on his uh, it was right on his limit, and he was saying that basically like he could push press it, but it's right on his strength limit. And he said like, but if he split jerks, he's very hit and miss with the split jerk. So right. We said, we said he felt most most. So I got him to warm up with clean push press, clean split jerk. So he had the had both in terms of readiness, and then. Do you, what, what like commit to whatever he fancied when he did it, and he went he went for. But I said to him, I said the thing is, if you fail the first attempt, you have to. You've got you've got three you've got three opportunities. Don't rush back in because you'll just fail straight away. Yes. I said, we'll do it in like twenty five second blocks, and I said um, the second if you fail the first one, the second one. And third one have to be split jerks because you've got no chance of making the. the yeah, if you fail the push press, you're probably not going to get it again. Yeah. And uh, and he said, right, okay, let's do it. And uh, and then he failed the first. He went for like a push press. He failed the second, and then I and credit to him because I thought he was going to panic and like try and rush back in. He used all his time, like probably everybody in there thought he was going to fail. And, uh, and he saved it to like the last 10, 15 seconds. And I said, right, yeah. well, let's go split jerk. And he managed to get it in the end. It was brilliant. And, and actually was the result, like if he hadn't got that, he wouldn't have qualified to the final four, would he? No, he, he, would, he would have dropped 20 points, I think, if he hadn't got that. So um, yeah. that one rep got him to the final, essentially. 
Yeah, which, which then in turn, um, in fact, we'll talk about that in a sec. But uh, yeah, that that was great. Um, another good, really good performance, which made a massive difference on the on the overhead was was uh, Joe Joe Dagwish, Joe, one of the twins. Yeah. He he um, fumbled fumbled his he failed the first clean on the axle. Yeah, he did. Uh, yeah. He did. Which uh, cre- credit to him again? It's something something that we train like most of the time. Like if we do like a if we're work, working out and we do like make a mistake, where like a couple of years ago we'd have been like, oh no no no, I'm gonna start again. Like yeah. we'll make each other finish the set and say, look, yeah. this, is, this is specific to comp. We fuck up. We still need to salvage something. And, yeah. uh, and I'll be honest, like I thought he'd. F- I thought he might have fucked it completely, um, but he managed to grind out that fourth log, which obviously got got massive points, um, which was ab- absolutely incredible. So <clears throat> I think they got the him and Tim got the same as like Andy Smiles, didn't they? Did they get four? Yes, yeah, they all got four, which, four, four, four. Which which again just shows how much they've improved because people see them as deadlifters and shit at pressing because of the long um, arms or whatever. Whereas actually they get the show and they get they get they're getting really good at pressing now. Like Andy's a great presser, brilliant on the axle. Yeah, he's very, very good. Brilliant on the dumbbell, good on the log. Um I, I really like this event because it was just testing a bit more than a standard overhead for reps, you know what I mean? Because it was testing two yeah. skills at the same time. Obviously, had the transitions back and forth. We went a bit longer with the time limit, so the endurance had to be good. And yeah, I thought it was a really cool event. Yeah, it was great. And then um, another another impressive set from Shannon. I was well impressed that she did eighty for five. Um, that was another good one to watch, which would have got some decent points if it counted. Lewis again, even though he went for the lighter option, nine reps. I don't, I'm, uh, I thought he was going to snap my log at one point, which I was very sad about, but it was, it was fine. So yeah, um, it, it was very chaotic, is what I'd call his fucking overhead. Yeah, um, set kind of like him all day, really. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a t- talent, though, isn't he? He's impressive. Yeah, very much so. Um, um, to, to be honest, he is what, like, in my opinion, he's one of those guys that would benefit. So, like. I, I might be speaking out of turn here because he might have a coach, but he looks like he could do with a coach, couldn't doesn't he? Yeah, I agree. He looks like he'd really benefit from somebody, you know, more like steering all that passion into just just to calm him down a bit, I think. Yeah. Do you know, does that make sense? Yeah, like, de- definitely. The... You, you can be super hyped. Yeah. But you have to you have to channel it, channel it in the right way. Kind of like like Dean is a perfect example. Yeah, he's crazy hyped, but he's focused as well, and he knows exactly what he's going to do. Whereas I feel like Lewis was a bit all over the place, if that's fair to say. Yeah, I, I don't mean really mean it as a criticism because I, lo- I loved how passionate he was, and I feel like yeah. a little bit more focus, and he could do some real damage next year. Yeah, I suppose like look at look at him in terms of like physically, he's like strong explosive fast 
even like even like t- technically really good, like his positioning on his deadlift, yeah, yeah, his positioning on his pressing and stuff. Um, but I suppose just getting him working at those right levels in those right zones to improve the consistency would. Yeah, well, agreed. Um, I suppose that you look at him and there's no ho- there's no holes in his in his game at all. Like uh-huh. like physically, if you look at everything, he's explosive on the throws. He was his grip was really good on the grip event. He's explosive at moving, good at overhead, exceptional deadlift. Um, he was the first person to lap the one sixty five stone as well, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. So yeah, um, excited to see him in the future. And then we had, after that event, we had the frame carry, um, which I didn't tell the boys in, in advance, but I, I feel we pulled the comp. I was like, oh, this is, um, I feel like it might be a bit too light and it might be a bit of a drag race. And then I tested out the hand handles and I realised how fucking horrible they were. And I was like, no, I will be all right. This is going to catch some people out. Um, obviously, the like Dean and the twins... And Matthew Bolton, actually, they all fucked off with it. Yeah, super fast. Yeah, Dean was great, wasn't he? What did he like, 6.4 seconds or something? Yeah, something like that, something stupid. Did Um, it take me that long to fucking pick it up? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) After seeing your 180 deadlift yesterday, you don't even know if you would pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Then we had. And then but the I knew the grip would catch a few people out. Um, unfortunately, it cost uh, it cost Owen a place in the final. Owen Lockwood, who I thought was very impressive yeah, yesterday. Very good, wasn't he? Um, yeah, finished was it? Twelfth. Twelfth. He was tenth. He was tenth going to the frame carry. Right. Unfortunately, um, his grip just went give up on him, and he just about finished. I think didn't he? Um, but uh, it cost him too many points. He dropped out of the uh, top yeah. ten. Um, so another another little highlight for me on the frame carry was um, I don't know if you remember Matt Wally doing it, and he'd got like about a third of the way dropped it. It had about three or four yeah. pickups, and then um, on the spot he, he changed to hook grip, and then yeah. he, he hooked yeah. it and, uh, and managed to finish it off. And he hadn't if he hadn't changed the hook grip. He wouldn't have finished it, and he probably wouldn't have qualified for the top ten. No, I don't. I think he would have dropped out as well. Yeah. Um, so um, again, like that—that that was the thing that I was particularly impressed with him over the course of the day in terms of like you just watch his temperament, like yeah. all day, just so calm, collected, composed, believed in himself. There was no doubt he was always going to do as good as he, like yeah like showcase as good as he was. Do you know what I mean? You know, like some people will do a comp and they'll be like, oh, I underperformed or yeah, yeah. I, like, I let myself down. Like you could tell by his temperament that he's never going to do that. He's always going to do as good as he is, which I think is a massive, massive skill. Um, I'll tell you what else impressed me on that event was uh, Matthew Nice. Um, yeah. So I, as he was getting up to the frame because he was um he was after Owen and a few others because he'd done better on the overhead. Yeah. And I said to him, if you finish this at the drop, you'll you'll qualify for the final. 
and he yeah. wasn't particularly, he wasn't particularly fast, and I could see, you could see he was right on the limit for him in terms of grip. Yeah, but he gripped it out. He finished, and he he said to me after like, "Thanks for saying that to me," because I like inspired. I mean, I pushed him onto yeah, the Lee- out and that that got him the, that got him the final place. Yeah, Luke, he's he's another one that I'm like really, really impressed with in terms of attitude. Like you can tell, yeah. like from you saying that to him, you can tell that you know, like a lot of people get into the like I suppose they want to compete in the strongman, but they just but just because they're like really strong. But you get them into that competitive kind of like place or situation or a comp, and uh, they don't really set the world on fire. Whereas you get yeah. other people who were pretty good, pretty talented, pretty pretty strong, or whatever. But you get them, get them in that, get them in that game situation. They just come alive, and like yes. he, he, he's one of those. Like when when he's got like little bowls and stuff, he's like so hungry for it, and you can see him. Yeah, he, uh, like really competitive. Like I, I, co- I coach him as well, and um, sit like he since. Um, he just missed out on the online qualifier, and then um, right for, for OS three, yeah, and yeah. Um, just dropped it. But he was like super, comp- like all into that. Like really bumped up his uh, raw deadlift. He bumped like his overhead went up in the phase that we were training for that. And then this came up, and we were saying, "Oh, we've got an OSG qualifying spot," and he's just been so focused for this. Like on on all the equipment that he's has access to and stuff, like he's improved drastically. Even so much as like, um, say for instance, like um, I don't know if you remember, but it was like split jerk in the log, and he was like, yeah. um, and it, and it was he, he used to push press, and it was like I, I just said to him, I said, look, it's going to take a bit of bit of, bit of learning, but I reckon that. If you you put in quite a lot of graft, we're going to be able to jump up a level. If you if you just learn the skills of doing this, and um, and you're just going to be able to lift more very quickly for this comp. So he's gone and done that, done loads of technique work, and now he's like confident, like what his max was a few months ago. He's like just repping right. it so easily with yeah. the the split jerk, just from putting in all the time with the practice and stuff. He's like really good attitude. I'm well impressed. Um, but I, but I can see that even reflecting on how he did at this comp, like he's looked at the stuff where he can like basically get the easy gains, if you will. He's already looked at the comp and said, like, right, well, actually, I need to invest in some stones, um, so I can practice the, some heavier stones. I need to get a, a yoke that I can practice for. Like, he's he's really looking at like leveling up. Really excited for him. Um, but like, but like I said, um, you could see he, he was at home in that competitive environment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah. so what I suppose what I'm saying is like when he's a bit strong, when he's like ten percent extra on all his lifts, which you'll get to, like he's going to be super competitive. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, um, it's 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 easy to get strong. It's not easy to instill that mindset into someone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Getting strong, getting takes time. Yeah, but that mind having that mindset from the start is invaluable. Yeah, that that's it. It's yeah, it's brilliant. So yeah, after that we had the top ten, which were um, 
Dean was winning um, by, I think, I want to say, once we read done the scores, Dean was five points in front. Um, whew, I can't remember what the order was of the next four, but then we had the Twins, Matthew Bolton and Flash were second to fifth when they... Um, and we had Andy Smiles, Lewis Blackwood, Matthew Neese, Colin Kelly, and Matt Wally, and they were our top ten. I didn't get that order right, boys, so don't get offended and listen listen to the guys who made it to the top ten. Um, are you getting there up now? Yeah, yeah, I've got it here. So it was um, so the the top ten was uh, oh right after the. Yeah, after the first four events. I have it here. Oh, me one second. Yeah, so so I think, like, uh, obviously, like, loads of people know about the, the top ten, but it's, de- it's definitely worth mentioning the, the guys who came a little bit lower down, like, who just, just missed out. Yeah, so... But by a matter of point. So there was, we like, had, Andrew Nicholson um, in 11th. He was very impressive, the Scottish guy. Um who else was there? You had... Andrew Keyes. Yeah, Anthony Shaw was very impressive and very consistent all day. Um, I, th- ooh, I think he finished 14th. Um, Richard, was... Richard Molnar. Richard Molnar was badass. He stepped up. He signed up five days before the comp. He asked me if we had any dropouts. Because um, he, he originally he couldn't originally make the date because um, he... I think he does. Um, he does motorbike racing, and he was supposed yeah. to have a race race on the weekend. It got cancelled. So he messaged me saying, "Can I come?" So he came to chaos on Tuesday. Basically, trained for the comp in one session. I had to play with York. I had to play with Sandbag. I had to play with the Sandbag throws. And signed up there and then. So I was really impressed with him. Um, to be honest, I was impressed with pretty much everybody in the comp. Yeah, definitely. I can, can, I'm looking at the list here and I can t- picture like what people were doing. Uh, Connor Cowens, I think he, I think he's like a really strong lad who he, he made a lot of mistakes, unfortunately. Pardon? He just, um, he's very strong. I think he just yeah, made exactly, a few mistakes. Exactly. He's, a, he's a prime example of somebody who, in my opinion, just needs to get, like that was, I think, maybe one of his first comps. like He's going to be stick with it. Then you yeah, had, um, just needs to do three or four comps under his belt, and uh, yeah. and he's going to be going to be great, really good. Like he's so well, strong. We had um, we had a few other, we had a few Scottish people, didn't we? We had Philip Somerville as well. Um, he he finished near the bottom, I think, but he, he got a lot of potential. Um, yeah. There's um, another guy that I coached, Danny Curtis. Um, well impressed with him, the guy with the mohawk. Do you remember? Danny was very very. Consistent, I thought. Yeah, he, um, he was just like his his goal was like basically kind of stepping up from kind of like novicey kind of comps yeah. and light comps, and uh, and he's he's really pushed on with his like um like just fundamental lifts in the last whatever six months or something, um and and this this is an example. This is a prime example of. The kind of unique system that we've put forward for this comp, he he entered and was like his his big goal was to have a go at maybe one of the heavier options. Uh, yes. So 
like say the overhead when he entered the overhead was right on his limit like it was like 80 was his 80 ish was his pb or whatever i think he did like did he do four or five reps on the day or something it was yeah 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 it's like amazing um his deadlifts very close point two forty, he pulled two thirty. Um, but but his kind of um, his like big highlight was he was like right, I've I've really improved at farmers and really my grips improved and frame and stuff. I want to have a go at the heavy option on the day, and that was like I believe I I, I think he beat Flash on that event, didn't he? Yeah, and, he that, was, and that's uh, it, and, that's, and that that is his that is his like thing to take away from the comp. Oh my god, like. I've beat. I've taken a scalp of one of the top guys, one of the best guys in the world. Yeah, Flash like, is top. Yeah, and I've, five and, I've, and I've really beaten him at one of the events. Like, and this is what this is what all these get this what all these guys that finished like say eleventh to twenty eighth place can do. You can you can study. You should be all be studying that data and thinking right shit. How close was I to so and so? Matt, what's my best event? Right, that. How close was I, say, to so and so on that? What do I need to do to close the gap on that? Oh my God, I'm not. I'm actually not that far away from so and so on this. So yeah. keep doing that like I'm doing, and I'll close. Like you can work out how you're going to chip away at points and improve next year. Um, so, so I would recommend everybody to really study the data because, again, thank you for to Ben again for being so transparent with the scores and stuff that like, well, to be honest, mate, I'll be referring to that all the time for like my clients and stuff. Yeah. Well, you've hit this, this, and this, this is what we'll be doing going forward. You know what I mean? They can can kind of use it as a marker for where they need to be to qualify for the top 10 next year. Do you know what I mean? Or the final. We obviously, we haven't done Set up how the um more comps are going to be next year, but they can say they can say, ah, oh, I need to be doing a two forty frame this fast, blah blah blah. I need to be at this level overhead. I need to be get my deadlift there in order to get enough points to make it to the top ten, and yeah. they can use that as a marker for where they need to be. Yeah, definitely. So um. So yeah, the, and the t- the top ten qualified to go to mine to to go to mine, of which the fifth the fifth event was the rising bar dumbbell, of which yeah. we went from everybody opted to do the opening opening lift, which was fifty. Then we added ten kilos all the way up to eighty. Yeah. Um, so again, some brilliant lifting on here. The uh, I think the this is where I felt a bit sorry for uh, Colin Kelly because he's been he's been like training in I- Iraq for most of the time, where he's yeah. like he hasn't had access to a lot of the a lot of the equipment. So I like jokingly said to him about like, oh, well, hopefully you don't get through because you're gonna get fucking mauled on the dumbbell. <laughs> and, uh, and he and he did great. He did it. He did a sixty. Um, but then there were four. Four other guys on 70, two guys on 80, two guys on 90, and someone on, on 85. So, it's just, um, one just of the, one of the, numbers, really. It was one of the twins of 85, wasn't it? Yeah, so that, that, that was really impressive. So, bearing in mind that, say, 
Flash came away with the the ninety six point two world record that we did at that. Like uh, on the way up, if, if you look at you look at that going into it, there was, um, I suppose that it, 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 in in my head it was all about Andy Smiles and Flash, and I wanted to see him. Yeah, agreed. Pop pop a hundred, like go for a hundred, and then have Dean putting pressure on them. And then as we, as we were building up, I think like Andy Smiles had a bit of an accident. I think it was, what was it, 80 or 85, he dropped on his head. I can't remember which one, yeah. It was either one 80 or 85, that he dropped on his head. And, um, and, I was, up, and then, yeah, it looked like he was KO'd. And then it was like <laughs> The Undertaker, wasn't it? He, he got up <laughs> and then he said, right, get back in. And then, he, then he nearly made it. Um, I was a bit bit gutted that that knocked him out because I I feel like if he'd have caught his line right, it'd have been good for 90, 90 plus or whatever. Uh, but anyway, yeah. that, that score. So credit to Flash because he, to be honest, I've trained dumbbell with him a few times and he's fucking absolutely awesome. Um, and to hit 96.2 the other day when watching him build up like it wasn't necessarily like he wasn't on on top form on his dumbbell. Like I've seen him do a lot, a lot better. Whether it was the weight cut or the fatigue or whatnot, it doesn't matter. But anyway, on the on the way up, I think it was eighty five. He failed twice, and then he yeah he failed it twice, and then you thought, oh god, he's completely fucked it here because he was going to get timed out. And then like with like ten seconds to spare, he got it up, got it up, went for a third attempt, and managed to managed to get it. Yeah. Which was just unbelievable to scrape through, and then when it went up to ninety, he got ninety really convincingly, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Um, ninety was probably the best lift of the. Um, yeah, so that, that was absolutely brilliant. Um, so, so m- massive shout out to Tim who won overall on this. Who, again, like his attitude on this is just like it's just another event that he's shit at, really. He just think, oh, they're dumbbell. I'm shit at dumbbell. I'm not very good at dumbbell. Like, doesn't come easy to me as like say over events. But just, just, just grafted away at it and been so consistent that he pop, popped eighty five up, and it looked and it looked like that that round of eighty five. It was pro- probably the best lift out of out of all the guys, to be honest. Like, I think. Di- yeah, in terms of like actually looking very smooth and like technically good, I'd say Flash kind of like you say Flash was kind of out of sorts with them a bit. Flash got yeah. the dumbbells up via, via, via like force of will essentially. Didn't he? <laughs> On that yeah, thing. exactly. But but I, th- I think I suppose what I'm saying is like you watch the other guys go and do 85 first, and you thought, "Fuck me, this looks heavy now." Yeah, and then Tim went out. Nice, to be honest. Yeah, Tim went out and ex- like kind of expecting him to get mauled, and he just like power cleaned it up to his shoulder, and just and just popped it up. It looked it it was it was brilliant. Yeah. But, but again, again, just testament to like how much. Yeah, and Joe, by the way, got got a really good eighty. Good eighty. Um, yeah. But like, this is an event where they wouldn't say is like a strength of theirs, if you will. And like, and they just come, and they just come third. You just they just come third and fourth in probably the highest standard that you come. This yeah, kind of again, against what you like, you could argue the two best dumbbell presses, maybe the three best, three of the best, 
uh, dumbbell press well, they, in the world. In D- yeah, they, and they, and they beat one, and um, and they and draw. I'm sorry, Tim beat one of them. Like Andy has yeah. put up hundred kilos in training. Yeah, and on the day, and on the day, Tim beat him. So, yeah, yeah. So, quick credit to those guys. Um, and again, like um, like Matt Worley, for instance, hit a hit a seventy kilo PB, and it's just just brilliant because it, it was good, really good points, a really good point. Um, yeah. And again, uh, the other Matt. Like what wasn't was it? He just he just looked like he, he like he just needs to practice. practice. Yeah, it doesn't look like he was near his strength limit, if you will. Looks like yeah, three or four more sessions on that, and he'll pop eighty up. Which, um, again, about, um, Matthew, Matthew he just looked fucking strong as fuck, didn't he? His his <laughs> rack position, his rack position was just shit. Let's be honest. Yeah, um, I don't mean that in like again, not a knock. Being negative, but you could see he was um he had the dumbbell in the rack position and he just yeah. couldn't hold it in the right place and that yeah yeah it's a bit like watching you do dumbbell Luke. oh he's he's better than me <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everybody everybody my, my dog is better dumbbell than I am but yeah you could see it was like um like a bit of a kind of strict press wasn't it and you could think yeah. oh fucking hell he's got no chance here and then he just like strict press 70 up and it's just like, oh my God, he's so strong. Yeah. Like, he he, should, he would benefit from watching the, uh, if you listen to this, go and watch the YouTube video posted up on um, British Strongman Coaching the other day where we broke down the, the rack position and the dip and it's just so simple and it's helped loads. I, I, I generally think if Matthew if Matt Bolton made some technical improvements, yeah, he could win this, he could win this comp next year. And I, oh, and yeah, I, don't, sure. I don't. I don't feel like that's an exaggeration. Um, like in terms of pure brute strength. Yeah, definitely. He was a freaking animal. Yeah. Um, and and also as well, like not just the uh, freakish brute strength, but sometimes what a lot of people find harder to coach and developing athletes is like just the true raw speed and athleticism. Yeah. Which he has seeing him fly with that frame carry and yeah. and the yoke was just like look loads of people that you get you get loads of people with like a big deadlift or big press or whatever but when people are when people are slow at moving events it's hard that yeah that's... It, it, it it can be to because to do what you need to do to improve it's actually quite hard to get the athletes buying to do all the stuff that's actually going to get them faster and more points. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas um, kind of just doing a strength program to get the deadlift and the press up, like everybody buys into that because it's because it's like what they enjoy doing almost. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, so, yeah, I think as a, as a, as a talent, uh, I think is like, like absolutely amazing. Um, and then what, what was the next event then? So the next event was... Was the sandbag? Yeah, it was sandbag throw. So the next event was the sandbag throw. So um, that, was, um, that, that was the Twins event, wasn't it? Both did pretty pretty flawless runs. I think they were 18 seconds for um, Tim and 19 for Joe, was it? Yeah, 18 for Tim, 19 for Joe. Yeah. And then third, 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 in that event? 
Third place was Andy Smiles with 32.43. Yeah, he was just nice and um, he took his time, didn't he? And just made sure he got them all over. Yeah, and, um, then, and then again, another good performance from uh, Matt. Is it nice or nice? I'm not sure. I said both. You said nice, nice, but anyway, I should know. Uh, but but again, ma- massive points on this for for Matt. He he came fourth on this by completing completing all the six bags. Oh, did he? I didn't know he uh, yeah. did so well. And I remember that's good to know. Again, sneaking in there with um, with solid points. Um, um, Matthew he, Bolton looked like he'd never thrown a bag in his life. Yeah. Which I don't think he had. I asked him after the comp how much he'd practiced, and he said he'd never done it before. Yeah, which, which to be fair, like it's not really, it's not even a criticism really, because like a lot of it's about provisions and having access to it, and like yeah. the, the no, I, 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 was, I was impressed that he got five over. Yeah. Like, for, for example, I'll use the twins as an example. How terrible were they about throwing when they started? Yeah, well, just, just look at my Instagram story and yeah. you, you can see him struggle, like getting mauled by 14 kilos. So the fact that Matt Bolton got, did he get five over? I think it was four. Yeah. I think he got five. The fact that he got five over with absolutely zero back trading is... Oh, yeah. Um, it shows, shows what it's um, is. Um, this, this was where Flash and Dean started to drop a few points. Um, Flash was actually on course with his speed for the first five to win that event. I, think, I believe he did the first five in 14 seconds. Yeah. And then he just couldn't get the six over, unfortunately. It just, just wasn't happening on the day, which, well, it happens every now and then, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, um, but again, this is, this is a prime example of... Um, so many... It, it actually, it re- really annoys me actually now because, like... For some reason, like people message me, message me quite a lot about bag throw and say, "Oh yeah, I'm looking at my technique or whatever, whatever." And like, like I I just recognise I, I did a comp last year, just under a year ago, and like I went to it and I thought it was all right there, and I just came stone cold last. I think it was like nine out of nine or ten out of ten, eight out of eight for whatever, and. I was I was useless. I could just could, I don't think I managed to get eighteen over the four meter bar, or to get it after the third or fourth attempt or whatever. So I recognise that there's a problem here because because it's event an event that's becoming more popular, and then it's a official strongman game worlds. It was in BNSF Britain's last year. I thought fuck me, like I can't afford to be shit at this. So yeah, so then I invested in getting a, a book whatever eight bags or whatever um i got like a, a set up with different targets at the gym and then i said to the twins who didn't enjoy training it because they were shit at it i said look you need to train this because it's going to come at comps next year we're going to start doing yeah. it because i'm shit at it i've just come last and you two are fucking useless like <laughs> like i think i think at the time i was getting like 14 over four meters and 16 inconsistently they couldn't yeah. they were they they, they were str- really struggling with the 14 bag and and they looked horrendous doing it so yeah. we just said look we're gonna lay it out and we've we've programmed it and we've studied a few cues and stuff and we ju- just just drilled it and you watch that run that they both did and that's like 
people will people will it's the kind of thing that somebody just started to follow us like would look at that and just think oh yeah well some people are naturally it suits people who are more athletic or yeah they're, yeah. they're explosive or they're, they're technically good at that like it's not it's just what did Tim say? He'd done like 92 sessions in the last six months or something like that. Uh, yeah. And um, I, I suppose my point is like, it, it's proof that you can get good at anything and you can improve yeah. at anything. Um, and it's a trainable thing. A lot of people use that excuse that you're either good at bag throwing or you're not. You're either good at throwing or you're not. And it's, it's, it's bollocks. Oh, complete bollocks, honestly. Like Joe in particular, he was like, he looked like, look, like looked ill when you were doing it. I'll, I'll use myself as an example, man. So you come down here after you about was it six weeks ago. Yeah, and I wasn't even close to the twenty-five kilo bag, was I? No. You give me a few tips. You um, give me a few drills to do. I did them uh, probably not four times a week like Tim, but I was doing it three times a week for like three or four weeks, and I get I get I'm getting the twenty-five kilo over consistently now. Um, I did the um, I finished the. I think I tried the run tonight for the um, the Welsh when you were down, yes. and I missed the like fucking fourth bag. And I finished the run at your place when I came up on Thursday. And again, I'm, I I I I class myself as like a poor thrower, you know, yeah. <laughs> naturally. And that, that wasn't even that wasn't through that much time. That was only about a three or four week period, yeah. and I probably improved by five kilos consistently. Yeah, um, well, that's it. It's, it's it's just trainable just like anything else and it's worth doing yeah. if it's if for whatever reason it's coming up in comps like get some kind of progression pathway where you get because by the way you, ca- you can't fucking you can't rush it like the progress is just so slow but over the course of weeks and w- like it, it does become no- noticeable yeah like, like, I, say, I, I say four weeks but realistically that was probably 50 the sessions yeah, exactly. So the thing is, people might do those 15 sessions over five years. Yeah, oh, mate. Well, I probably did, mate. I probably trained bags for more for these last six weeks than yeah. I ever I have in my 10 year fucking strongman life. Yeah. Like, so that, that's, how, that's how much I've improved it personally, right? I did that holes last year and it was 14, 16, 18, 20, 22. I got the 14, 16, failed 18, failed 18, failed 18. I think I managed to get the 18 over four metres on the third, like fourth attempt. And then yeah. I'm nowhere near on the 20. And then uh, I think, what did I do the other day? I did a 10 bag run the other day. I did over four, the first eight over four metres. And then the first two, last two over 3.6, I did. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 over four metres, and then 23 and 24 over the 3.6. Yeah, that's awesome. And just f- felt great. Um, but I'm, I'm, p- I'm c- competing at the weekend BNSF Northern thing at my gym, um, and that'll be, that'll be interesting to see, um, see what I can do when I've got one set when the pressure's on. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I've got a decent expectation of myself and that. Um, so to see how much I've, Im- I've improved since since that last comp. Um, but anyway, so yeah, guys, just like we keep say, I say fucking every week all, all all the time, like if you if you shit at it, like if you shit at something, just 
just prep, like if if you if you want to get better at strongman, and you're not just doing it as a hobby, you you do you do actually want to get better. Like just to, that's the easiest way to get more points at a comp. Like look what look what what you're getting the least points on, and it's probably the thing that you least practiced on. And if you yeah. and if you least practice on something, you're gonna get you're gonna get the like bigger like you're going to be able to get the bigger jumps and gains just by training it a little bit. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so, so just fucking do it. And I know I've said, I've said it for, since the start of this podcast, but like, I suppose like, like, the, like twins doing so well at Brits, like I did well at my comp the week before, like just following these fucking principles I've been saying for so long. And just putting them in, just putting them into practice. There's there's nothing to it. It's not it's not a coincidence that we're getting better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, anyway, like so, moving on to the next event. So the the next event was the grip hold, and um, so big Colin shout Chapman. out to to Nali Car Nali Car Company who sponsored us and uh, yeah. gave us a standalone um, hundred pound prize for the for the event winner of this, um, which was Colin Kelly, who managed 63 seconds on this, which was... Very impressive. Good. Yeah, very impressive. Did, so you see the size of, did you see the size of his hands? Yeah, yeah, fucking massive. With that Mark Felix <laughs> So, so not, not quite enough for the world record. The world record 67 seconds by me. <laughs> when I was testing last week. So uh, anybody who fancies a challenge and wants to come and beat 67 seconds, you're more than welcome to. Um, uh, that, that, was a, that was a fun event to watch. I don't normally like um, holes, but it was pretty cool. I think the weight was perfect. Yeah, because everybody was between, like there was... A... 40 to 63, yeah. I think, the spread, wasn't it? But it looked hard from the beginning. Yeah, that was it. You pick it up, the pickup's all right, and then you think, fuck me, man, my hands are hurting already. That was a tough event for Dean. Um, he came last, but if he'd got, like, four more seconds... Yeah, he got 41.82. And then what was, the, like, seventh? Seventh... Uh... Seventh was forty-three point three two. Yeah, there we go. Um, so that was a tough break for him. Um, his hand, his hand tore open. He didn't want to put it down. Um, so yeah, that one event, like with four seconds, cost you four points essentially. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, twins both put in solid performances in that event. Gained. Gained a bit more ground on the top two guys. Um, and again, an, an, another um, another real good performance by Matt Warley on that. Matt Warley yes. did, yeah, very good. did 54 seconds, came third on that event, which, uh, um, again... Lewis Blackwood, I think, also had a decent time on that, did he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Lewis came second. Yeah, I thought he did. Yeah, very... Just, just under a minute, was it 59? Absolutely brilliant. So, um, and again, another credit to Matt. I know I'm biased, but it's my podcast, so I can fucking say what I want. <laughs> but like, um, 
So Matt Worley, I suppose one of the last comps that we did together, actually, I think it was like che Cheshire's Strongest Man, maybe what, six or seven months ago or something. And he, his takeaway from that comp was, grip. He, yeah, grip, his grip was poor. It was uh, 110 yeah. farmers and um, expected to finish it. It was all right. And he just could, he couldn't finish it. His, uh, his grip wasn't good enough. Whereas like, um, yeah, I think he competed the same class as maybe me and Jake Entwistle, who were like, who were really fast with the 110 and then Matt couldn't finish it. And I was like perplexed. And I said, right, Matt, I said, we're going to, we need to work grip. I said, it's a massive hole in your, hole in your arm, armor now. And he's like, yep, yeah, I'll do whatever you say. So then we've done farmer's frame. He's doing, um, Two seconds, mate. It's all right. I'll keep 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 running on this flow. So yeah, um, so since then he's been doing all kinds of static holds, like trap bar holds, and um, and just just showing willing to to put the put the graft in on the on frame, and he's putting some some awesome. Um, you mean? I'm back. Yeah, yeah. He's put some awesome uh, frame performances in in training. I think he's done a two sixty frame for ten meters or whatever. But basically, he's just been willing to work that that kind of weakness, if you will. And then uh, he's come away and finished second at a national national comp against some awesome guys. Hey there, Luke. Oh, Luke's dead. Luke's gone. So, and then we moved on to the final. So, the final was... Let's see if we can get Luke back in. Oh, he's back. He's coming back. He's coming back. Sorry, man. It's all right, don't worry. So, moving on to the final... It was. Yep. I couldn't. I couldn't believe it when uh, Ben handed us the scores. <laughs> it, it was absolutely ridiculous, and he just said, um, "So after the after the grip hold, there were Joe was in the lead yep. with fifty-two points, points yep. and then Tim and Dean were second and third with fifty-one point five points. So basically, out of the three of them, whoever." One stones would win the whole comp. Um, um, like, math and theoretically, um, I know it's unlikely, but Flash could have won if the other three guys were like zeroed oh, and yeah, he'd okay. won, won the event. So to have it that close going to the final was just bonkers, like just crazy. Yeah, it was it, it was mad. Um, so yeah, the. Uh, Shout out to a couple of people who did did great. I think I think again Matt Wally did a really good three. Had a good go. Yeah, broke the one six five off the floor. Um, Lewis Blackwood um, did a really good three. Lapped the one sixty five. Then knocked his own tooth out yeah, when he dropped it. Tooth when he dropped the stone. Like, unbelievable. And then uh, basically. I mean, and to credit to him, he was just like so positive afterwards, and yeah, just, yeah, massively. Just like, just cracked on. So, every credit to him. Um, and the 
like lo- loads of people look really solid on that f- those first three stones, like 101, 21, 40. It looked looked really really good, and then um, quite a few people broke the 165 off the floor, which in itself is a great feat of strength, especially after like seven events. <laughs> well, seven seven events, and like I put this up like. We kind of came up with the world record idea after we'd announced Stone Run. Yeah, really. yeah we did. And we, we're doing like two other max events. We didn't really want to put it as a max event. Just for the like, so we said, you know what? Well, we can, we'll have that there as a dangling carrot almost. Like we're going to have the world record stone there. And um, I, I, I didn't expect, I'll be honest, I didn't expect anybody to hit it. Um, I, I knew they could fresh. In training, but I didn't expect anybody to hit it at the end of a seven event comp. Um, so it was wild. Um, uh, Dean was up first, wasn't he? Out of the top three, yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, he failed the 140, and I believe he had a slight hamstring tear at the same time, didn't he? Um, yeah. So at that point, we knew the one of the twins was going to win the title, really, didn't we? Because there was no chance. They went loading three unless something disastrously wrong. Um, disastrous happened. Um, so Tim was up first. Um, he basically, I don't know if you heard him, but he basically just told everybody that he was loading all four right before did he it, went out. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And that's why he just took he just took his time, didn't he? He took his time for the first one, took his time for the second one, took his time for the third. His yeah. first um, three, don't worry, they were still, it was still a good time for the first three because his load, his loads were fucking easy. <laughs> but he, he, he was composed, he retackied, and the one. Let's be honest, that one sixty-five was a fucking piece of piss. That extension, the lap was a bit difficult. He had to fight for it to get past his knee. But oh, uh, unbelievable! It looked like that, it, like. That if if that exact stone, like the size of that stone, was like 170, 172, I reckon he'd have had a fucking good go, you know. Yeah, I agree. The the, the, lap, the extension, especially. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was nuts. That was probably the most impressive thing to come, in my opinion. And there was a lot of impressive things, but that stone run was number one for me. Yeah, and to do it like like you say. Well, to be honest, we don't need to fucking justify it and make it sound better. It was just like, it was just, 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 just mind blowing, really. Um, but like, what, what was it? That was about, was it about, it was after 6 p.m., wasn't it? Bearing yes, it was. Deadlift didn't, yeah. They started warming up deadlift at like half nine, hadn't they? I think. Yeah. Um, and and again, cre- credit to the the attitude of of these lads. Like they could have they could have done another another eight events. Like I'm not I'm not just saying that. Like the fucking the they was it was in training with them last night, and they're just normal, just fine. Like, there's, there's, like and personally, I value that as a. As a, as a thing, you know, getting deep into a comp when people are like getting niggles and getting getting injuries and fatigue setting in and people are cramping and stuff like that and just being able to 
to to know to to back yourself that you're probably going to be fine. Yeah, and be able and to do what you do in training. It's something that a lot of people overlook. How often do you see poor Sar? I would have won the comp, but I got injured, or I something happened. Part of being a strong man and part of competing is staying injury free, staying fit. Yeah, that's a skill in our in and of itself that you need to work on and increase your recovery abilities, increase your fitness. Yeah, and um, I oh, I see, I see. Nobody, don't get me wrong. Nobody at this comp used any excuses. Um, no, but I have seen yeah. it quite a lot the last like, ten years of doing strongman. Though I would have done this or would have done that. And well, you didn't, so fuck off. Yeah, so that that is a great point. Like, for, like credit to credit to all, like literally everybody, because I haven't seen people making excuses. Like, no, like Dean. Dean admitted that he was fucked, but he didn't make any excuses for it. He d- he just said it as a fact. He said I was fucked. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, and like uh, like every, everybody who's missed out on the the top places have been brilliant sports. Um, people who missed out on qualifying and stuff like have been really positive and like I've seen more people post on social media saying stuff like I'm just honoured to make it to the top twenty or the top 15 that was my goal and being such a positive kind of thing from the experience rather than be like oh if I'd have done this on event x then I would have finished like that is bollocks that is bollocks like you're in my opinion you're as good as you are you're as good as you are and all these variables that happened like that that that's it just just deal with it own it and to be fair that's what fucking literally like all the guys that I've looked at have, have done. And by the way, this isn't a dig at anybody who didn't who entered and didn't, didn't make the comp, but I made a thing of the day that I truly believe that all those guys that finished whatever, 28th, 27th, 26th, they finished 28th, 27th, 26th out of the 43 that entered because they made it to the yeah. comp day. There will be, I, I reckon, over f- maybe 50% of those guys or more would have had in the weeks preceding the comp elements of doubt creeping in their mind where they're thinking, oh, mate, Am I ready? should I be doing yeah. this? Like, that lift isn't feeling that great. Or so-and-so's doing this on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's a long it's a long way to travel. Oh, oh I'm going to have to go to the comp by myself. Um, like, am I, am I going to, like, what, like... Or people either push it too push it too hard because they're setting the goals too high and being impatient that yeah. fucking redlining it and get injured. Like um, I, I absolutely love the fact that people were proud just to be there. Yeah. And that made me happy as an organizer personally. Like the, the fact they were celebrating coming 20th or celebrating coming 18th. I think I saw one one guy's thing. Um and I thought that was fucking awesome. Yeah, just like absolutely brilliant, inspiring. Um, so yeah, well, well impressed with the attitude of everybody. So let's um, just uh, have a little mention to the spon- little uh, thanks to the sponsors. Um, I did I did a little announcement on the day, and uh, and I just and I just said uh, to everybody who was there that I was like completely transparent with it and like. 
the money that we've about the money yeah. and stuff because I feel like if we're transparent with it, then I feel like people are going to be supportive, like because the yeah, like people know and recognise that we're not we're not like we've got our jobs, we do our jobs, we've got our business, whatever we do. This is just literally because we fucking love it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we, we, me, Luke, and I from the start said, you know what? Let's put some money in of ourselves. Like it doesn't matter if we lose a bit of money. Let's put on this big show and like big exposure for the sport and the under eighty athletes. Let's make them feel special. Um, we're not bothered about losing any money. Um, so we came up with this idea and we. To, to obviously lure in the elite guys that hadn't been competing domestically maybe in the last couple of years who just do the international comps because there's no incentive to make weight for these competitions that aren't prestigious, for instance. Um, yeah. So so to get like Dean and Flash and Andy Smiles and Twins and like get like say... Uh, uh, Matthew Bolton, like oh, these guys competing in the same fucking field in this country is just absolute magic, isn't it? Um, but anyway, when, when, when was the last time all those guys competed against each other in the UK? They competed against each other at Worlds, but when was the last time they all did the same comp? Yeah, like, like, like even from like a fan's perspective, like they looked at like say. The, the Arnold's qualifier where there was like Andy Smiles and Dean McVie. Yeah. I think there was it. maybe maybe one or two other people doing it. Like, yeah. and it's just not exciting. It's just like, oh, well, those two are just... Like, at the end of the day, doing that Arnold qualifier, those two are just going to qualify. They've got nothing yeah. to compete against. It wouldn't be good necessarily good to watch just seeing those two just having it out with no mm. competition. Nobody getting in between on events and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas coming to this and... Um, seeing like obviously these elite elite guys, but seeing guys that aren't far that far behind them all fight it out in a group. Those guys are a little bit bit newer, all fighting it out in the ten to twenty group. The real yeah. new guys, uh, a little bit like it, it's just great seeing all these little clusters, isn't it? Yeah, and then, and then and then each little pack, like say having like a really good event, and the the like doing better than the guy in the pack above or almost like it's just absolutely amazing um but anyway so going about going with the on about the support so first of all like you said people said to us uh, oh you're not you you won't get you won't get double figures you won't get 10 people and i was like yeah of course of course we will and then um uh, mst system shane Jaman, um like supported us and he said look if you get double figures or whatever it was, I'll give you 200 quid for the prize pot. Um, and then we we obviously agreed from the start to put 50% of the entry fees back into the prize pot, which obviously motivated some guys to do it. Um, and then Shane said, oh, if you get up to 20 or 30, I can't remember, he said he'll put it up to 500. I think it was 20. I think it was 20, or... 20. So then we got to 500 quid and then 500 quid add like say four and like from the 20 entries, essentially 400 quid in the price, but we had like almost, oh, and then um, Alec Pagan, Pagan came forward and said he'd sponsor it and give us some prize money. So when we had 20 entrants, we had almost a thousand pound in prize money, yeah. secured, which again, obviously helped us with the marketing of it, this prestigious event, which then 
loads of people came out of the uh, out of the woodwork offering sponsorship and um, and helping with us. So, I, I, like obviously, I, I just want to give everybody a, a mention. So, Spartan Atlas Stones, absolutely brilliant. Um, one six, he gave us the one six five. Uh, Jason Jones gave us the one six five at the stone. Uh, I even offered to pay delivery, to, and, he, and he and he said, "No, don't worry about it." He said, um, "Support support the event, the one six five stone." Um, Rebel Strength, absolutely brilliant. I said that they were going to put the going to use their red dumbbell just because I had a red Rebel Strength dumbbell, and I said, "But wouldn't it?" I said, "It'd be great if we could have that for the warm up." And have like a brand new beautiful one for the for the event. And they said, yeah, we'll make we'll make you one. And they got that sent out to me for for free. Absolutely brilliant. Um Strength Shop, you tell us what Strength Shop have done, Luke. Um Strength Shop provided pretty much everything uh, for the stuff at Chaos. So it meant that we could have head to head on the all three, other than the deadlift, when we had head to head on all three kids. Events on exactly brand new matching equipment, which I thought added a little bit extra to the comp personally. The fact that yeah. you know the kit looked quality, didn't it? Yeah, um, so yeah, big shout out to the French shop for sending those out. Um, yeah, it was the log, axle, farmers, and yoke. I already had the sandbags, so <laughs> and by the way, like I think, I think the kit, the, the kit is great. The strength shot kit is great. The new range, yeah, the new range. Yeah. Um, the the yoke looks. I haven't used it, but the yoke looks uh, inc- really good. The lot, the really log, nice the logs are nice. Um, yeah, those those axles caught a few people up in the warm up spine because they weigh thirty five kilos. Uh, and everyone was like, "Oh fuck, this is heavy." <laughs> yeah, they're great. I've got, I've got two of the twenty kilo ones at my gym, and the the great the strength shot ones have abused them for a few years. Um, the farmers look really solid, heavy duty, bit slippy. The handles yeah. aren't. They? Yeah, the handles are unpleasant to use, but they're well made. So, um, so other sponsors, so Nali, who sponsored the grip event. Yeah. Literally, for a bit of fu- bit of fun, he, he approached me and messaged me, and he said, "Look, this looks so much fun. What you're doing." Uh, give him a bit more fun. Here's 100 quid um, for the standout winner on that. Like, I didn't even ask him. It was just absolutely brilliant. Um, Summer's strength. So, Tom, who's done uh, quite a bit of work for Luke and I, actually. He's made Luke's bag throw. He's made made my back bag throw uh, custom sure. thing at the gym. This week, he's Mine. modifying my stone platform. So, um my tiered stone platforms because like I can't train that by myself because it doesn't balance on the thing properly. So he's modifying that and ang- angling it back. So it stays, stays in. He's done one of them and it's just, it's just amazing. Um, but oh, he, the, he, um, the, the frame he's made for me is brilliant. Mate. It's fucking bomb proof. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And, um, and credit to Tom as well in terms of the fact that, He's done like bespoke jobs for us, really, haven't we? Like you, des- yeah. you designed that frame and said, "Look, this is what I want." Yeah. Um, uh, I I pointed to the things at the at the on the at the ceiling at my gym and said, "Look, I want some attachment there, and it needs to be exactly four point six. It needs to be exact." And like he he's gone and done it for me. It's just absolutely brilliant. Um, 
but he made he made us a loadable shield because obviously we want to align be, this be a feeder to official strongman games. Um, so we thought what a good prize for the person in first place would be something where they can use to prep for official strongman games. So we got a loadable shield um, that he's pricing at two hundred pounds. If anybody wants to, if anybody's interested in buying one, um, it's great. Forty-five kilos. You just put the plates in. You don't have to like say put clips in or anything it's just absolutely brilliant um so yeah he he sponsored the first place uh, by giving us that um massive shout out to a guy called john leach uh, who made the trophies for us that are again another yeah. thing that we didn't have to buy um and he, he makes like quite a, quite quite a lot of like second-hand like basically upcycling like strongman equipment. He's made like some logs out of telegraph poles. He made um, he made that log for Elsie that I've got, Luke. That's like yeah, that's six cool. kilos. Nice. Um, absolutely beautiful. Um, so give him a follow and look at the stuff that he's doing. Silverback have been absolutely fantastic. Like as a, a as like a promoter of a strongman show, that's the kind of thing that you that you that for every entry you're accounting for you their entry fee whatever you're charging you've always got to be accounting for say uh, the trophies that's going to come off your going to come off your profits and then t-shirts that that can range from whatever five to eight pounds a, a t-shirt and stuff so silverback have um have, have come forward and and supported us with that printed all the t-shirts for us for free so we did, um, we, uh, oh yeah. And then what we did out of the prize pot as well, because we, we said um, the, the Alec Pagan from Pagan from RP11 uh, said that he'd put up $50 or 50 pounds for every record that, that came up. And we said, yeah, you know what? We'll match that out of the prize, out of the, out of like kind of our prof out of the event profit. So we got a hundred pound per record, which obviously the dumbbell record fell, the deadlift record fell and the Atlas stone record fell. So in terms of expenditure of the competition, because of the unbelievable support of everybody, I think I spent 36 pounds or 35 pound 90, I think it was. I bought two banners for that you may have seen on the stone platform uh, at my gym and I bought one for Luke's gym as well. And the other six pounds was on um, the plaques for the trophies. So literally everything else has been covered by, uh, by people helping us and, um, and basically sharing our vision and just thinking, fucking hell, like if we all chip in and just give a little bit that doesn't cost any of us individually that much, we can create this kind of like mega show, really. Yeah, um, include include the Lord, isn't that? Like we have probably 10, 15, 15 people helping us throughout the day for free. Um, oh yeah, just absolutely unbelievable. Um, people class. willing to. So I'm not. I won't, I won't even go through some uh, load of the helpers because the, the thing is with the helpers, like all, all the guys that obviously I know very closely at my side. They're all like it's crazy. They're all so fucking selfless. Like they're not yeah. bothered about they're not bothered about a shout out on this or 
like being tagged on Instagram or anything. They're doing no. it because they they fucking they, they love it and they and they and they they kind of just supportive of what we're like. Just absolutely brilliant having people like that on your on your team. Just absolutely amazing. So another little announcement that I thought I'd leave till leave till now, because um, I'm going to share this and get some clickbait on Instagram. So. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I've been speaking to uh, Lynn Morehouse, who's the... Um, oh, sorry. One more thing. So um, thanks to Joe Schofield for coming from uh, Official Strongman and uh, providing coverage of the day. So if you go on Official Strongman, he's already show, shared some of the stuff. He shared the, the Twins deadlift on Official Strongman, but he's uh, got a load of content that he's going to be putting together. And I'm not entirely sure how he's going to be, how he's going to be distributing it, but there's going to be some awesome media coverage from the from the event and the first, the one of the first so again sponsorship from official strongman in terms of they're giving up for the first prize so to tim um, a spot on their website for like I'm, I'm not entirely sure but like a athlete profile or um just basically some uh, some coverage so they're going to come and um, film Tim training, probably get, get Joe while he's there because they'll be training together and seeing as he has the deadlift world record. I think we're going to do a deadlift session maybe. Um, um, go on. I just want to do one more sponsor shout out um, from Connor from CN Sport. Yeah. Who literally, the night, two days before the comp said, can I bump up the prize money for second and third? And he posted out goodie bags which didn't come in time for the comp but I'm sending them out today. So... Thank you. See yeah, so, so, so yeah, fa- thanks to Connor for that because, like, I think the prize pot was a, like without the bonuses for for um, for records and the grip thing. Like for first place, it was a thousand pounds, and was it two eighty for second, and then one forty for third. One forty for third. So with with what Connor came forward with, we got a thousand pound for first, three hundred pound for second, two hundred pound for third. So, what's that in total? Two hundred pound, fifteen hundred quid. Plus the three records, and now Gnarly is nineteen hundred pound. Yeah, in prize money. So the total. So coming up, we've raised nineteen hundred pound in prize money for the athletes to go to them directly, and this without without any kind of because because a big thing for us as well for me was. Um, accounting for spectators because I, I was wanting to charge for spectators coming to again yeah. up the prize pot again. So we hadn't we, we we didn't have any of that this year, which again we'll talk about plans for next year in a minute. Um so yeah even even without that we've oh yeah so so we came away with the profit from the event of what was it six hundred and forty something Something. It was basically, I think it was 790, but then we bumped up the because the three records. Yeah, so we lost uh, 150. We, we, we put another 150 in, so I think it's 640 in terms of we've agreed the kitty. So the kitty of the event, that's what that's what our kind of profit is now to put into marketing and exposure for next year, stuff that we need for next year and stuff. So, yeah, we are going to grow this. We are going to expand to other classes and other categories and stuff like that. We're going to um, 
yeah, we're, do, we're just going to make it bigger. So if you are uh, if, if you are a sponsor who is potentially interested and do want to be involved in in the events in in, fu- in future, like please just just message us or email us, uh, me or Luke, with a proposal, and we'll we'll consider every, everything uh, because yep. at the end of the day, we just we just we just want everything to be as good good as possible, and I think. There are loads of people out there probably listening to this who could contribute somewhat um, and in a way that... Because at first I thought there was there might be like conflicts of interest, you know, like having, you know, like rebel strength and summer strength, for instance. And Whereas actually there's not. It's like, like I say, it's a fucking cheesy one, rising tide lifts all boats. Like if everybody, if everybody... Well, it's like me, me and Luke, for instance, like collaborating on this or me and Shane putting this podcast together at the end of the day we live in like fucking 24 miles of each other and we all we're all all in a niche sport trying to make what making a living and um out of the similar kind of clientele like people people would make the mistake in thinking that we're like competing for business and stuff like that whereas actually supporting each other is just raising up raising the three, the profile of all three of us at the same time, isn't it? Hundred percent. And it's just, I suppose, in a sport where you hear like, anyway, what what going to fucking shit? But there's like often a like a lot of like controversy and negativity and stuff like that. Like, there's just fucking no need, is there? Like, we've no. Got, like, um, we're, we're I think people some people get confused sometimes. Like, you you come to chaos to train occasionally, don't you? I've been up to yards, like, and. That's the way it should be. I think part of the fun of trauma is going to different gyms and experiencing different. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Environment yeah. Definitely. So, next thing. So, I've been speaking to Lynn today, and I've. This explained... is a surprise to me as well. So. Yeah, this is a surprise to Luke, right? And I've explained to it. So the agreement was that um, Lynn Morehouse agreed very generously to. A, to give us a, a qualifying for our concept to give us a qualifying spot for official strongman games world. The condition was that they had to finish on the podium um, because they didn't want it to just drop down too far to keep the, to keep the um, a kind of standards high standard standards high. So anyway, I sent Lynn a message this morning saying, uh, sending him the score sheet and I said, Hey Lynn, I wondered if you'd be open to let our OSG qualifying spot roll down to fifth. You agreed podium, but we didn't quite expect the standard to be quite as high as it was. Tim Daglish, Joe Daglish, Team at V, Flash, top four, and already qualified. I think these four chaps are all going to have a good shot at reaching the final at OSG. Andy Smiles and Matthew Bolton were exceptional, very close behind the top four. I'm more than happy with the original agreement. I just thought it was worth communicating this to do. To put into future, further context, Matt Worley, who was already qualified via online qualifier, was great. And he finished ninth against these lads. Also, three world records fell over the course of an eight-event one-day show. 335 deadlift, 96.2 dumbbell, 164 stone. And he said, sounds like a fantastic show. So is there a tie for fifth? Tie at fifth. And I said, no, but fifth and sixth were very close to the top guys for most of the day. Andy Smiles, fifth, he competed at OSG a couple of years ago, been a less known guy who was amazing. He pulled 310 and had a great attempt at the world record at the time, 326. And he said, okay, email me both of these guys' info. 
Um, do you think, I said, do you think we're worthy of an invite? I sent him the score sheet and he put, um, and, and I said, we've also got a guy in 10th place who just missed out on OSG via online qualifier. He's going all in to qualify on the next one you've put up. Really good standard comp. And then Lynn said, name, email, country uh, for both. You're recommending both, so I'll do both. And I said, fantastic, cheers. So we have um, managed to get an invite spot for um, Andy Smiles and Matthew Bolton. So Amazing. So basically, like like we said, the obviously we've um, facilitated um, that people who are newer to the sport can get a great experience. But one of the big things that we set out to do was facilitate uh, a platform for the elite to perform. So I think we've absolutely smashed that. We've got the three three world records: stone, deadlift, and dumbbell. But now we have got seven out of the top 10, potentially eight, if Matt, Matt qualifies via online qualifier. We've got seven that have um, qualified for Worlds under 80s for in, involved in our comp. So well done, Luke. Fucking smashed it, mate. Awesome. So absolutely class. I'm absolutely buzzing with that. Um, so finish have you told Andy and Matthew, or do they have to watch the podcast? Yeah, they're going to have to listen to this, so I'm going to clickbait it up and tag them. So they'll have to listen to this and, uh, and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll wake it in. So do you want to just give us a couple of minutes wrap-up of, like, visions that, like, we don't want to go too deep, because obviously we but, like, yeah, vis- visions for the future and, uh, and what we think. So I'm just going to have a swap. So you keep on the flow. Yeah, so me and Josh had a bit of a chat after the comp on um, Saturday. We just want this to continue to grow and get bigger and better. So um, next year we're looking, we're going to look into getting a venue that we can have, you know, decent amount of spectators, um, and just keep building it basically this Saturday showed to me that the market is there um, not just for in terms of the amount of competitors we got um, but in terms of how many people were asking about it we had loads of requests about spectating obviously we couldn't have tilted this that this year with the um, COVID restrictions of both of our gyms and yeah. um, the fact that Shane's Instagram was blowing up all day for people asking for updates, following his videos. My Instagram, I don't know about Josh's, my inbox was going fucking nuts. Yeah. Asking uh, what was happening, what's going on. So not just in terms of the fact that we've got 30 guys competing, the fact that the interest was there in watching and following it as well. Yeah. Um, So... What was your plan for um, venue wise and stuff next year, Josh? So I, I think I think eventually, like we 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 want to get to like some like I've I've, I've, I've had so many so many people who and by the way, this isn't a dig at Giants live shows or anything because I fucking love them and uh, yeah. I know you're not necessarily a fan, but like I like I I can't wait to go to and watch uh, like an arena show, but like I've I've had numerous people messaged me saying that they that they enjoyed 
enjoyed it even more than like a Giants live show that we've been to, like what we did the other day. And they were like, people have said, oh yeah, well, it's like, it's like a Giants live show, but for like, like miniature people. <laughs> um, um, but like, even if you look at like, say the, the, the YouTube highlights, which is from uh, that I put up. So I have a look, it's had quite a lot of hits already. Um, and you can see see the see the coverage on there, and you can get a feel for some of the athletes and the the kind of um, the personalities and stuff like that. And um, and I think that like the the YouTube's been good because it's been I've been able to get it to people who say people who aren't on Instagram. There are loads of people yeah. who say say like friend like my friends and family who were not involved in the sport at all who. I could send the link to and they like I sent it to my dad for instance who doesn't have a clue about technology and he could follow the link and he got it on his telly at home and he just said yeah. oh he was brilliant absolutely brilliant like gripping and it's like uh, like I think there's so much enjoyment there for the general like the general person who isn't necessarily who doesn't need to understand yeah. the ins and outs of the sport like there's um I think, I think it would just be great viewing. And um... My long-term ambition is, I've talked to you about this before, I wasn't sure if I'd like say anything about it public just because I don't want to seem like getting ahead of ourselves. No. But I, I do definitely think there's a market long-term. I don't mean like in the next six months or whatever, obviously, because it's going to take time to build it. But I generally think we can get to the point where we're having, you know, big indoor ticketed shows, um, with with lightweight classes, that's where I envision this going. One hundred percent, mate. Like if if you had like say even for next year, right? Say for instance, we had like an, an intermediate kind of venue, like I've said, like say yeah. the local rugby club, for instance, that um, yeah. would be great, weather dependent, whatever. Obviously, um, but but basically somewhere where you can have like a, a venue where where you can because like. Regardless, even if COVID wasn't a thing to consider, like our venues have a capacity, don't they? For yeah, we, like, we couldn't imagine have if every if everybody brought two people the other day, it would be, be a logistical <laughs> yeah. nightmare, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, so we would need to go to like say like say like a venue like a, like I said like the rugby club and where 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 we would incent where we will incentivize the the athletes to sell tickets um where they get a cut directly back well basically uh, this is a, a very simple model right like close friends and family would will happily pay whatever five to ten pounds or whatever say to cut to come and to, to come and support you and, and watch right yeah and if they know that, say, say for instance, twenty percent of the ticket fee is going into the athlete's pocket immediately, they're gonna they're gonna yeah. be more, more more inclined to be supportive. And then if they know that the other eighty percent is fucking going back into it anyway, because like say 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 next year with spectators instead of say for instance we make and sponsorship or whatever say this year we're, we're like 600 pound in the plus like next year we could be 2000 pound in the plus like the year after we could be 4 to 5000 pound in the plus for the event 
like very, very easily. I've just I've mapped it out. And regardless of what we, there's never going to be a point where we make a certain amount of profit where we think, oh, fuck me. Now I'm going to start sponging, sponging some off and oh, I'm going to go on holiday now. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not interested in that whatsoever. Like we are just going to, the profit that we make we are just going to make be able to make the next one even bigger and better. Yeah. That's so when we make money, it'll be cooler venue, cooler events because people obviously equipment costs money, don't it? Um, just higher standard of everything. So as long as we get that across to people that it's to make the sport better, I think everyone will be on board. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 definitely. And 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 to be honest, like if. Suppose people like get a bit like, and if people aren't on board with that, if people turn around and say, "Oh, how, how much is it? Or oh, ten pound to go and watch uh, so and so, whatever," and we're like, "Oh, I'm not paying ten pound." Well, they can get to fork because I don't want yep. to, I don't want to come anyway. If they can't see yeah, exactly. the value that they're getting from the the not not only being like not only experiencing the show from a consumer standpoint, but like actually contributing directly to the to the show i think that was a, a thing that was was good about like say the less experienced guys who were entering because their their entry fee they were like these people that the fans of like people entering and they're like oh my god i can't believe i'm competing against flash i can't believe i'm competing against dean but they, they're, they're entering and giving fucking 20 quid towards these lads at the top fighting it out like yeah, yeah exactly they they are like um, a byproduct of them entering is Tim who won, for example. Obviously, he was going to OSG anyway, but say there was someone who didn't have the spare cash to go compete at OSG, they are directly helping them compete at the international level then. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which I think is another big incentive. It would be for me. I would happily, if I knew I had no chance of winning the prize money, it's still an incentive you know the money's going to the top guys. Yeah. Like exactly. I had a few I had a few criticisms saying oh people won't pay that because only there's only three or four guys who can win the comp. But I'm like bollocks. Because they know in two or three years yeah. they want to be in that spot. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then there'll be a new group of guys coming through who'll be paying for them to earn money and but, but that's it. I think people are like resistant to it when they think, oh, like you hear it quite a lot with like some other shows and other sports and stuff. And they just think, oh God, that's a bit expensive. They're just, we're just lining their pockets. Whereas I think people can see with us with this project, because at the end of the day, it's only a part, like part time. It, like it just doesn't matter to us, the financial side, does it? There's no, there's no kind of like, we're not bothered if we're up or no, that's why that's why we have fucking jobs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This is this is just, this is just like literally a bit of fun. So I think pe- people can see that we're not just like the funds in the investment. We don't need the money. We don't need to make two hundred pound profit to make ends meet, kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, so we can be, we can take. I suppose we can take risks. We can take risks. That's a big thing. And we can say, you know what, fuck it. Like, we've come up with this idea that's never been done before. You know, like, say, the two two venue thing. Yeah. Like, uh, it, was, it was brilliant, wasn't it? It's a long day, but fuck me. It was, it was a long day, but I, I thought it worked really well. Yeah. Um, it made it feel 
it made the final feel like a final. I feel like if it was in the same place, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have had the same feeling. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No. I feel like if we just said, "Oh, we're going to do the next four events of chaos now," can fifteen of you leave? <laughs> or whatever. Um, it wouldn't have been the sit. It, it felt like a final at your place. Yeah. Cool. Have you got anything to add to wrap up? Um, I think we covered pretty much everything, didn't we? Yeah, um, we have. We've uh, covered quite a lot. Fuck me. Oh, I've had a. I had a few people asking if. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw me. I had a comment on Instagram saying, "Oh, when are you going to take over the other classes?" Um, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, I personally like love to do comps in ninety kilo class and the. 64 women and 82 and we are going to have a chat about that at some point as well me so just keep your eyes peeled for that I'll say yeah uh, personally I'd love I'd love to put on like a mega show for the 64 girls yeah I've been wanting to do that for a while so that's definitely something that's and, something and also as well like for me like I was thinking about it this morning when I was walking like like I definitely want to do one for like for masters, probably masters women, because I think I think that I think that that that's a, another example like the under eighty category. There's so many out there, but it's just pitched at the. It just isn't pitched right for the. The. Well, I can testify. I can testify that to that. Um, do you know you asked me to put the masters in Preston's, didn't you? Yeah. Do you remember when you said, "Oh, do you fancy doing a no?" Sorry, in Queen of the North. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, Josh. So I we have an all women's comp in the North, which we've run for two years now. Now we run all the classes, but we didn't have a masters originally. Um Josh messaged me saying, Oh, can you um put a masters in? I was a bit skeptical, but I was like, Yeah, I'll put it in if we don't get enough. Uh, it's our biggest class. We have over we have double figures in the masters for Queen of the North now, so so like my thing with this is why what, what, why can't they get double figures for a national comp? Like, no, yeah, I agree. Well, like, like, literally, like we could have we could have as many numbers as we did for the for the eighties, like using the same model. Yeah. I, 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 I definitely want to do that, mate. Yeah, so keep your eyes peeled for other classic guys because it will be happening at some point. All right, mate. See you later. Peace out. Ciao, everybody. Later.